welcome everyone here again this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a special service, and I'm going to share uh, for a, a few minutes here. Thank you, great job, and uh, thank you guys for entering into worship. Man, I tell you, that's what it's all about, entering into that zone, that worship zone. So I'm just going to kind of stand out of the way while these guys move some stuff up here. And uh, I'm going to teach a little bit. Uh, if you want to go ahead and begin to turn to Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And, uh, and then also we'll be going to Matthew chapter 6. And we're continuing in this series, It's a New Season. And this morning's service is really about a missionary report. We have our missionaries that travel the world. They're here and they're going to be sharing uh, from their heart and some of the things that they've been experiencing and uh, you'll get to see where your investment we're investing into this family as they go and minister and so you'll get to see uh, what your monies and, and your prayers and support is doing but before we get there I want to I want to look at this uh, these scriptures we've been talking about this new thing that the Lord is doing God is opening up huge doors tremendous doors for us globally uh, we're about not only reaching the people in, in our local communities here, but also being obedient to uh, what the Lord has asked and, and walk through the doors that he is providing for us to reach the nations. So let's go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Verse 19, therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there are a lot of churches that are making converts. They're getting people saved, but Jesus didn't say to do that. He said to go and make disciples. So the first step in that process is getting people saved into a relationship with him. But it goes much further than that. And so Jesus said to go and make disciples of all the nations. And we're, we're focusing on making disciples here in these local communities bringing the gospel, the good news of Christ to them, and helping them to learn about his love and grow in those things that uh, Jesus said, I've come that you may have abundant life. And so we're teaching our children back there about the things of God. But also, we want to reach these communities. We want to reach the people that we work with. We want to reach our neighbors and, and uh, the people in the grocery store and share the good news of Christ but also, Jesus was very specific. He said, go to all the nations. Now, back then, they didn't have planes and trains and automobiles. They had donkeys and feet to go from place to place. But look at all the, the, the things that we have available to us now to go to the nations. And we were able to print Bibles in, in languages that, uh, that where they don't have the translation of the Bible nowadays. So we have all these tools. And so God's heart has not changed his heart has always been for us, for people. We are his prized possession. It says in James 1.18, above all creation, we are his prized possession. It's not just us here in America. It's the people all over the globe, all over the world. And so God is opening up doors for us to go to the nations. He goes on to say in verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. So that's where it comes from just getting saved, having fire insurance, to actually being taught the word of God and trained up and equipped in the things of the Lord so that we grow. And we talk about uh, spiritual growth is a lifelong process. It's not like turning on a light switch. Okay, I'm, I, I mean, we get saved, but we don't automatically become mature in the Lord. It is a process where God is removing, extracting some things from our lives and, and backfilling that with his spirit and the things that he has for us, that we walk in the power and the anointing and the authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so we can walk in the, in the authority of Christ because he's allocated that to us. The word says, the greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Greater is Christ in us than the enemy that would try to defeat us and keep us down. He says in, in verse 20, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So we need to be committed followers, disciples of Christ that are committed to him. And we, you know, I'm not talking about anybody here, but there are people that I know that 
that waver. They're on both sides of the fence. I mean, you don't really know if they're a Christian or not because what they say is not what they live. And so we have a phrase here at Life Fellowship. It's live it. And that means li let's live what we say we believe or shut up. <laughs> Can I be honest with you here? I mean, listen, if we're not going to live it, then let's not talk it. Let's, let's talk it and walk it out. Let's be an example. Let's, let's be committed. So teach these new disciples. So it's not only about us getting saved, but about us taking the gospel and training up and equipping and teaching others about the goodness of God. He goes on to say in, in verse 20, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And we know that Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you in, into all truth. And the Holy Spirit is the person of God. And so Jesus didn't leave us abandoned. He said, I'm going that the Holy Spirit may go with you and lead us and guide us into all truth. And so we need to be calling on the Lord. We need to be asking you, Holy Spirit, guide me today. Give me the right words to say. Give me the, the, the things that you want me to do today. And even though Christ gave us this commandment, I believe that there are Christians that think that this great commission is, is optional. But I believe that Jesus was serious when he said, go to all the nations and teach them about me. Train them up to be disciples of Christ. And so I don't see this as an option for us. I see this as a command from the Lord and what we need to do. Now, some churches may not have the resources. They may not have the people or the funds to go uh, and go to the nations. But I, I think that they may be allocating their resources improperly because if God has called us to do something, he's going to empower us. He's going to equip us. He's going to provide what we need to do what he's asked us to do. And so I'm, those other churches, what they do is not my concern. What my concern is, is life fellowship and that we obey the word of God and that we do what he's asked us to do. And the Lord is opening up huge doors for us, guys. It's unbelievable what God is doing. And uh, if you've missed any of the series, I've been talking about that for the past few weeks. So you can go back online and watch those sermons and, and get a feel for what that looks like. But remember last week, our me the message was our passion for Christ. It's not about Christ, it's for Christ. You know, do we really have a heart for him? Are we really willing to go and do what he's asked us to do? Are we willing to submit and commit our life to him? Or are we playing church? If we're playing church, let's stop it. There's no need for that. Let's be serious about what God has called us to. Let's be serious about our relationship with him because it's life-giving, life-changing, not only for us, but for the world around us. And God is looking to us to take the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Not only our, our local communities here, but also the world. And last week, the key scripture that I used was found in Matthew 6, 21. It says, wherever your treasure is, there, wherever your treasure, your treasures are, there is the, uh, where the desires of your heart will also be. So where we give our treasures is an indication of where our heart really is. We can say our heart is here or there, but where we invest is really the measure of where our true hearts are at. And so let me summarize Matthew 18 through 28. Jesus has been given all authority, and we sing about it today. In Jesus' name, there's healing, there's wholeness, there's uh, victory in life. There's release from addictive behaviors or whatever those things may look like. Jesus said, I've come that you may have abundant life. And he can say that because he has all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth. And we are commanded to make disciples in all the nations, not just sit back and be passive about it, but to be assertive, to be aggressive in making disciples in all the nations. We are to baptize these new disciples. And we had baptism a, a few weeks ago where we baptize the new believers. And so that's part of what we do to indicate that we have given our life to the Lord. It's an outward expression 
of an inward change in our heart or an inward commitment in our heart that we're saying, I'm aligning my life with Christ and I'm going to example that by being baptized. Uh, we're here to teach and train up others to obey Christ, not just teach them about the word of God, but help them to obey. And, and we can start in our homes. We've talked about this so many times, training our children. What are the three ways our children learn? Example, example, and example. And the people that you work with, the people that you're ministering to, the people that God has placed in your path, how are you pointing them to Christ? Is it do what I say, not what I do? Or is it do what I say and follow me? Because I know the way. And I'm not only going to talk it, I'm going to walk it. I'm going to live it. So people are looking at us. What examples are we setting? So we're to teach and train up others to obey Christ. And then the final part of this is that we need to be reminded. We need to know that Jesus is always with us because we're going to go through challenges. We're going to go through struggles. We're going to go through things, especially as God is, is extracting stuff out of our life. It can be painful. But as he removes the stuff that needs to be removed and backfills that with more of his love, and, and his Holy Spirit, we begin to walk in the fullness of life that Christ came to give. And so James 1 says, count it all joy, what? When you have trials and tribulations, for the testing of your faith, builds your patience. So we will have trials and tribulations. God is about, he's, he's less about our comfort and more about building our character. So let's yield our heart to God. Let's yield our lives to God. And let's go and do what he's asked us to do. And uh, Life Fellowship Ministries International is financially committed to going to the nations. And as God continues to open up doors, uh, we, will, we will continue to invest in those opportunities. We're preparing to send individuals from Life Fellowship Ministries International out to the nations. Listen, we're not just here on Sunday mornings to have a, a nice service, some good worship, and uh, the word and fellowship time. This is about training us and equipping us to go out to all the nations. And so as I look across this room, I see individuals that I know God will be sending you out, that we will be going out, training up other pastors, leaders, children's ministry directors, praise and worship teams, whatever those things look like that God has for us to train up and equip. It's amazing what God is doing. He's not just sending us to the nations to preach the gospel, although that is the critical foundation of what we'll be doing, God is calling us to go and train up other pastors and leaders. Tens of thousands of them are waiting for us to go and train them that will impact hundreds of thousands of lives, maybe millions, probably millions of lives. So we wanna make sure that we're prepared and that our heart's in alignment with God's heart for what he's called Life Fellowship Ministries Internationals to do. And this is part of it. And I've been sharing with you since the inception of Life Fellowship that God is calling us to go to the nations long before he began to open up these doors. And so that's always been a part of the mantle and the calling that God has placed on this church. Uh, I'm attempting to set up a meeting in, in October for you to meet the pastors behind the primary ministry we support in Israel. Romans 1.18, to the Jew first and then the Gentile. So we're taking the gospel. We're, we're funding and supporting uh, ministers in Israel who are bringing the gospel to Israel. And so uh, hopefully in a few weeks, you'll get a chance to, to meet uh, some of these pastors and, and hear what God is doing. It's amazing what God is doing over there. And we've been uh, supporting uh, another family that we'll be sharing here today. And this family goes to parts of the world that is extremely dangerous to share the gospel of Christ. They put their lives on the line to share the gospel of Christ. So much so that this morning, uh, for the live streaming audience and for the video archive, we're putting a, a filter so that their faces won't be seen. That we would have a heart To be inconvenienced, maybe even to put our life on the line for the gospel of Christ. Are you that committed? We need to be that committed. 
It's a dangerous mission in some parts of the world. So we're not gonna be using their real names and we're not gonna be showing their face on the internet. And the other thing that you can do is you can pray for them. We need to keep them in prayer. Listen, there are people that are being persecuted all over the globe for their, their faith and their stance for Christ. So we need to be committed. Uh, guys, would you put the filters up on the screen? I wanna, I wanna have, uh, I'm changing their names to Marty and Mary, all right? Marty and Mary, would you guys come up? Okay, well, we'll work it all out. Well, I wanna thank you guys so much for, for coming uh, this morning. And, and uh, uh, I know that your heart for ministry is to share the gospel of Christ with those uh, across the globe and you're going to the in, indigenous people there and in, in some of these different communities and also uh, your heart is to help people that are are migrating or people that are homeless uh, because they're um, they're refugees and they're they're transitioning to other countries and uh, guys you know this is we've seen that thank you we've seen that uh, uh, there's a lot of transition in Syria and and a lot of refugees that are transitioning to other countries and things like that, but that's not the only place. And uh, it's been going on for a long time where people are, are running, trying to get away from the persecution that's happening. And uh, we see that, that Christians are being persecuted all over the world, and so we need to be praying for them. Uh, but, but that's your heart, uh, that from what I understand. And could you kind of give us an update on what you're doing? I know that... Uh, Marty has uh, created some businesses to help equip and help provide resources for some of these people that are transitioning. And can you talk a little bit about uh, creating those businesses and uh, share a little bit about maybe the model on, on how that's, that's uh, put in place and how that's working? Sure, sure. Can everyone can hear me? I first have to say thank you, Pastor, for and, and, your, and your church family. And uh, we are so appreciative to be able to come and to speak. A lot of people don't really, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame to say, but people don't really care what's going on outside of America. And especially if it's a religious thing or something that's not necessarily making money. And so for this family to embrace us and to welcome us, I, we appreciate you for your prayers and all that you that you do for us. Um, as far as the ministry, this, this path, the ministry that we're, I, you know, my wife and I are committed to, we... We share the gospel, and the gospel, as the pastor was saying, is the foundation of what we do. But <clears throat> it's almost impossible to go to an impoverished country and share the gospel and turn around and leave. Because there are practical needs that are necessary. And, uh, and for us to just tell them some, you know, a good story about Jesus Christ and not have them see it lived out, it's, it's almost as if we're um, just motivational speakers. And mm. so what we've done is... We, I have a passion for clothes, uh, T-shirts. Back before we had kids, we owned a screen printing company, and, and it did well, and we, we did it for a few years. And so with that experience, I, you know, I, we kinda, because of our babies, I wanted more uh, of a consistent check, and so <laughs> I went and got a job. <laughs> and I knew we were going to be missionaries, so I kind of had to transition out of it. And so, um, but this past year, God kind of put it on our hearts that we can utilize some of the things that he's taught us, some of the skills that we've used to, to implement them in the, in the field. And so uh, we, I looked on YouTube and was kind of searching, how can I create a small business with a little bit to no overhead? And I, seen, I came by a video and I seen this man, he created a screen printing press out of scrap material, scrap wood, scrap uh, you know, pallets, uh, just junkie found on the side of the road. And I said, you know, I can do this. Mm. And so when I got there, you know, we built one at home, made sure it worked and everything went well. When we got there, we did the exact same. And so we, we would, for the, they, they had to understand that there were going to be a discipleship training for an hour. And we were going to um, go into the identity of who we are in Christ and, and what does it mean to be a man of God. And then from that, for two hours, we would build a business. And, and the business went... Well, I bought some screens. We, we created the, we got a pallet from the trash and it was a big, huge pallet. So we were able to make like six presses out of it. So a, a, a local company there donated some scrap wood that they used for furniture. And, and we had six screen printing machines. And so then 
And then we, I, I taught the techniques of what it, how to screen print. And, and to this day, we've been gone a year in October, and almost a year in October, and they are still generating income in their communities by screen printing for, you know, and so God is good. Amen. So uh, regarding that, so they're, they're not only learning skills, but they're actually now making money to help provide for their families, which was, was uh, not happening before, I, I guess. Yeah, it was, it's a very impoverished and strict. In, in, there's some dynamics in South Africa that you have to kind of go into to, to better understand. They had what they called apartheid. There's three different races of people. There's black people, there's colored people, and then there's white people. And so we, we, we work with a lot of the blacks and coloreds, and the colors are kind of in the middle, stuck between the two races. And so there's a lot of violence and you know, anger and, and poverty in this colored community. And so uh, to, these men are just sitting on a stoop drinking beer, kind of like what you would see in the ghettos of our, or the lower income communities, but on a you know, 10 times worse scale. And so now they have hope, they have the gospel, which is the foundation, and that also discipleship is continuing with the leaders that rose up, and they're also continuing to learn skills how to create income. Wonderful. Well, that, that matters, you, you know. Um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when we can go to the nations and help them provide for their families and, and help them put food on their tables, that's gotta be a huge impact. Well, let me, let me ask you a question here, Mary. Uh, how does teaching English, the English language, create opportunities to share Jesus? Well, definitely. You need to hold it. Wait up. Yeah, I'm a loud voice anyway. No, you're not. It makes me nervous. No, um, well, definitely, it translates everywhere in the world. Everywhere you can think of, people want to know English. Um, what we found specifically, we wanted to, I have little ones, and so I wanted to train myself and make sure I got the certificates, the ability to be able to teach when the time came, but... Primarily, I homeschool my kids. I homeschool my kids, I teach other kids while I'm homeschooling my kids, um, kids in the community that cannot go to school, can't afford school. Um, America is so fortunate yes. that we have a public school system and you wanna send your kids, go, go to school. Everybody depends on that, just go. In Africa, that's not the case. You pay, you pay like you weigh. You pay, if you wanna go to kindergarten, you need to pay. And if mom and dad can't pay, you don't learn how to read. You don't learn how to count, it's not possible. And so there's so many street children, so when I'm teaching my little ones, I also teach them. We go, we do you know, little words and flashcards. But I wanted to get the training so that I could, when the little ones got a little bit older, which this past time they were, and I was had a little one in the stomach, um, I was able to teach other adults. And there's so many people, even workers, we say workers, um, other missionaries that can't speak English, but they're desperate to speak English because it's the money language so they can get into another, get a visa to get into another country. And so this past time, that's what I did. I taught other workers um, English, the English language, conversational English. And it's so amazing what happens when you're with other believers that are really excited to share the gospel and to go into all the nations. Um, the old school speaking in tongues thing just, it happens. They mm. are sitting there and they're speaking Portuguese. They're speaking um, French. They're speaking, gosh, what other language? Spanish. They're speaking all these other languages and they come together and they're sitting, Korean, a lot of Koreans. They're <laughs> sitting and they're like, okay, learn English, learn English. And then the Holy Spirit just falls and it's openness of the mind and we're able to just completely communicate, completely mm. get across. And it's just, it's such an amazing thing when God comes into a place and you train yourself, you equip yourself and it's for that time and that moment and then, <sighs> Wow. You know, it happens. And so it's, yes, I definitely do it. Um, I will do it more. My kids get a little bit older, but um, it's, it was an amazing time to see God work in that way. So God was doing, helping them to learn supernaturally. Then. Yes. God was, yes. I was amazing. just like a side, sidebar, wow. you know, hanging out by the side and waving, um, <laughs> you know, had a little outline and that was it because God was doing it. It was amazing wow. to see. Wow. And you're so right about being so blessed. Uh, Christine and I went to India and Malaysia a couple of months back, and, and if you've never traveled abroad, you really don't understand how blessed we are. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you cannot begin to comprehend, and so uh, God is calling us to the nation, so get ready, because if you haven't gone, you may be going soon. Um, there, there's a story that you've shared with us before, but I'd like for you to share again, because some of those, uh, some of the people here may not have heard, or maybe some of the internet audience haven't heard, about the time when you were handing out the, the sweeties, the candy and the cookies, the, Okay, just... I love to tell this story. I couldn't wait. I so, love to hear it. He so, says, uh, he says oh, would you tell that story again? Like, I know you told it before. I'm like, yes. Yes, I'll Mary, tell Mary, would you please tell us that story again? Okay. So I did. Um, we were doing feedings. We do a lot, of, um, we, a lot of work with townships and squatter camps and people that are deeply impoverished. So we share the gospel. And then 
we feed, we make a feeding, um, a feeding time. And so we have rice and we have some type of meat and some type of, um, you know, something, vegetable or something. And so we had that for all the children. And we're lining them up and everybody had some. They're coming with their little bowl and their little plate with their little sweet faces and we're putting it in. And at the time I didn't notice, we didn't have enough rice and meat either. Um, at the time I didn't notice that. It was just kept on coming. You dig into this big, huge pot and then it kept on coming. Somebody I know, a little person came by <laughs> and she had some of the little, we would call them um, Laffy Taffy. There they called it something else. And it's long little things. And we had them chopped up to give to all the children. And she grabbed one ahead of time while she was, everybody was passing out the rice and, and she was back there chomping away and she didn't realize you know, she was doing anything wrong. Um, and so she's chomping away and I look around and I said, we only have so many. And I look at her, no, that's unacceptable. Sorry, mommy. Well, it got to the point everybody ate their food and they're ready for their sweetie, a cookie and a little sweetie. And she had been back there snacking. And I look, and I said, oh, oh my goodness. And so we're coming and there's a line upon a line upon a line and they're all waiting for their cookies and they're all waiting for their sweetie. And it's on this platter and we're giving them and we're giving two cookies and one little, I forget what it's called, a sparkle or something, um, Laffy Taffy equivalent. And we're giving them one of those and two cookies each. And the little by little, they're diminishing. And somebody puts more on the platter and they're, they're diminishing and they're diminishing. And I see this long line of children and I see itty bitty amount of cookies and itty bitty amount of sweetie. This little person just starts, oh, the tears start flowing and she's, they're not gonna have enough. She's whispering behind me, they're not gonna have enough and it's my fault and they don't have enough. And I can't believe I did that and I'm so sorry. And I said, you know, just pray in my mind, call somebody, we need to go get some more sweeties, hurry up, dial the number, like, you know, get in the vehicle, that's, that's the very American me, uh, go get it, we need to go get it, put it on the card, I don't care how much it costs, all, everybody's leaving here with a cookie and a sweetie, and, and I caught myself, why don't you pray, you said to the little person, pray, you pray, and so here I am, and I'm passing them out, and I'm saying, Lord, will you provide, will you give everybody here a sweetie, will you give everybody here a cookie, and the more and more I'm praying, and the more and more children are coming, and as far as the eye can see, I'm looking, you know, it got down to five. There were three cookies and two sweeties on the platter. And I think God let it get down to that number so that my little person could see for herself. She could see without a doubt. If there were 50, I don't know what happened. If there were 20, maybe so, I miscounted. But there were five sweeties on that platter and we're passing out, and it was the last one and the line's long, and, and I closed my eyes, and I went down, Lord, bless this child, and I look up, and I, I'm telling the child, bless you, and I'm thank you so much for coming, and you know, you continue on in the Lord, and I look back down at the platter, and again, there's three and two, and I say, okay, Lord, nice, let's do this again, <laughs> and I'm praying, and I close my eyes, and I pick up, and I give, the cookies and the sweetie. And I look down and there's three and there's two. And this continued on and on and on and on and on in the line until there were no more. And even at the end, there were three and two. Now gave those to the little people also that were standing there left. And I said, you know, I wish I could have seen them reappear. Like that would have been super cool. I couldn't wait to come tell you guys that. The cookie. That was my question. I'm like, well, what happened? Did they just poof, show up on a platter? I, I wish I could say. I would love to have been able to say, yeah, I saw that. But I didn't see that happen. It happened in the in-between. The in-between, my faith, but picking it up and handing it, the in-between happened. And I didn't catch it, not even once. I closed my eyes every single time, and I opened them, and I blessed the child, and I looked back. And it was there again, and it was there again, and it was there again. And God continues to tell me that over and over and over. I'm there again. You scratch off the surface, and I'm there. You wash something away, I'm there. You're walking into an unknown place that's angry and hostile toward you, I'm there. No matter what you do and where you go, I'm there with you, kid. And that is spine-chilling to me because he continues to, continues to bless us in such a way that is not, you know, here it is, and poof, there's the stuff, and poof, there's the other stuff. It's the in-between moment, when I step out and I don't know where I'm going, I don't know where I'm gonna sleep with the little ones, I don't know where the next step is, and he's there, and he opens the door and he makes the way. 
And in the same way with the sweeties, he will continue to do that in our lives. And that was just a further example, not only to bless those kids, because the truth is they, could, they ate, okay? They had the chicken, they had the rice, they had more than they had the day before. They would have been fine. But the idea is he wanted this little person to see that I'm with you. It doesn't matter that you ate too much. You shouldn't have been doing it, but fine. I'm gonna do something miraculous anyway. And for me, don't get in the vehicle so fast and hurry up and try to swipe your card. I'm here, call on me. And um, he slapped me in the face with that. And there's, that wasn't the first time and it won't be the last. <laughs> and uh, he continued to show him himself strong. Wow, is yeah. I, I, love, I love that testimony because it just, it just shows us that um, God is in the little things. Like you were saying, they had food. They, they weren't going to starve to death that day. Uh, but but God, God is in the little things. And, and we truly are his prized possession. And the people that we think are, are worthless or are of no value, God loves those people too. Wow, what a, what a great testimony of the power of God. Uh, Marty, would you share just maybe a couple of minutes about the future plans um, of, of what you guys are sure, so, doing? Sure, uh, so it's so in-depth. We think big. We, we really trust God, and so there's really no limitations to what we, <laughs> we want to do. But uh, specifically, you know, we, we feel called to South Africa and North Africa, and South Africa, the country, and North Africa, and the region. And so... <clears throat> What we're hoping to do and what, we, what God has put on our hearts is that we were, going, we're going to train up men in the gospel, disciple them, teach them how to, to, you know, leadership skills and how to stand on their own two feet as matured Christian men. And obviously, being missionaries, we believe missions is the very foundation. Keep, keep going. I mean, yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, so we believe it's the very, I mean, we're unashamed for the gospel. I, 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 we're not going to hide. I mean, we will, but anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we believe that missions is the very funda- foundation of, of, of our faith, of the church. You know, there is no church without missions, and there would never have been a church without missions. And so these men that we're going to build into, it's going to be, I, you know, the, one of the foundations of our, our doctrine is going to be missions. And I'm even in, in, enrolled in seminary to try to sort of learn better about how I can uh, train and disciple men in missions. And so once we, and we're going to utilize the business that, we're, that we've built as a fundraiser because we come from an independent church right up around the corner. And uh, there isn't a lot of resources. And, and we understand that, you know, it's, it's hard to come by. You know, God has given us skills and talents. So we want to utilize the business that we created, market it to America, market it to Europe, market it to to Africa and use those those funds to fund missionaries and to go into not just areas where you know the church is already planted but to places where the gospel is not being preached where you can't say in the name of Jesus how beautifully the praise and worship team did today publicly where it's not possible to to have a melody that is, you know, that is sung publicly about our Lord, our Lord and Savior. And so that's our, and, and there's a lot of intricates and nuances that's in that, on how we're going to do that. Right now we're going to South Africa. We have a three-year visa, so most likely we'll be gone for three years, which will give us a lot of time to establish this. And within the next, uh, I would say, six, to, six months to a year, we plan to go to Turkey and to serve with some of these men, to serve the refugees that are being persecuted and ran out of their countries. And so, and then I, I hope and I pray with your prayers within a year to a year and a half, we will be sending men to North Africa. And so with that said, you know, we're, we're going to pray this thing through and expect God to, and, and you know, we, we are being, you know, censored and, that, and that's fine, but nothing can happen without our God saying, you can persecute my son and my daughter and his and, and my kids or not. And so, yes, we want to be strategic and we want to be, you know, uh, careful of how we do it and be wise of how we do it. But it's the Holy Spirit in me that's that's not scared. And you guys, you know, just pray with us that, you know, as we, we as we go forward, that God will continue to minister to our mind and we will be able to go by Marty and Mary if we have to. But right now we just, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm at home. I'm with you guys. So. 
I know we're on the internet, though. <laughs> well, I'll say really, really quickly, too, and add on to that just a tad bit. Um, yes, it's a lot of persecution happening. I mean, unequivocally. You guys get a snippet on the news in the West. I mean, we won't even cover it. We don't, the West doesn't cover it, what's actually happening. But Satan had to come and ask Jesus before he sifted Peter like wheat. Jesus said, Satan came to me and asked me if you could be sifted like wheat. He came. Satan had to go to heavenly places to ask God before he did anything to Job. He asked permission. And so we don't ever want persecution. Don't come this way. No, 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 no. But it's going to come. The Bible doesn't say if persecution comes. It says when. When it comes. When the time comes. You will be hard pressed. It's okay to be hard pressed. Because in that you produce oil. That's the only way. When the olive is pressed is the only way to see the value and quality of the oil. And so yes, We've been through persecution. We will continue to go through persecution, but count it all joy. That's what, that's at the end of the day, that's what it looks like. And so Christians across the world are being crucified as we speak. Christians are being beheaded as we speak. And I can say in the name of Jesus, we know what's next. We know where the end is. We know what it is. And so in, in Jesus' name, it's, uh, it's goodness. Yeah. Amen. And, and the word says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. So. It's a spiritual warfare that's around us. Sometimes it manifests in the physical, but uh, the real battle is in the spiritual. And speaking of, I, I, I'm not a big fan of snakes. I mean, snakes will make you like run into trees and stuff like that. But uh, would you also share the story about uh, the, the, the uh, demonic attack, the spiritual attack with, with the snakes that you, you guys Absolutely. Um, we <clears throat> have experienced a great deal of spiritual spiritual and demonic activity when you come with an opposing spirit the holy spirit into an, an area that's completely operating and and festering in demonic activity it's apparent we look very very um we fit in very well in north african and arab background countries we fit in very well you can't pick us out of a crowd but the spirit in us you unequivocally can pick out in a crowd it is like they can smell it it is a very, very poignant difference. Down in, in Swaziland, where we were um, specifically one time, not Switzerland, Swaziland. If you went to Swaziland expecting to be in Switzerland, you would be rudely awakened. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> Different place. Um, and we went to Swaziland, and I was that, doing... That's like a real uh, uh, poor area, right, where they, country, they, yes. they build... Uh, their houses out of scrap, whatever yes. they can find, plastic huts. or... Huts um, are the general thing, which actually, it's kind of genius how they do it. The huts last, the, the top of the hut where the grass is, they last for like 10 years. Mm. They, re, they redo it every 10 years. It's pretty genius. They do the mud and then the, the um, grass and then the mud on top of that, more grass. It's, you know, it's a hut nonetheless, yeah. but it's pretty awesome. So we were there and I was doing HIV ministry and we we're going into, um, HIV is so rampant. I can't even, it's bad in South Africa, but in Swaziland, it's a more concentrated country. It's tinier. And in South Africa, it's about, you know, if you have 10 people in a room, six of them have HIV. And Swaziland, if you have 10 people in the room, nine of them have HIV. It's, oh, wow. it's bad. Children, it's passed by birth and, you know, and molestation. So it's, it was bad. So I went to this community. Most people had HIV. And I was just doing regular food and praying with people. This woman kind of came up to me a little bit grabby, an older woman. And when you travel, if you don't look exactly like the people, they, they know that you're different, you're foreign. They're a little bit touchy and grabby. And, you know, they're touching your hair and pulling your, your face and a little bit, you know, inappropriate at times. And, ma'am, that belongs to me. Thank you. Um, and, you know, got a little weird for a minute. And then she reached up and she pulled my hair, pulled a piece of my hair. And I kind of I responded. It was, it was aggressive. And I said, oh, you know, she had been touching me. But I was like, oh, that hurt. And I didn't think any more of it. I kept on moving on. I get home with the littles and um, get the littles because it was not only HIV, but hepatitis and obviously tuberculosis, obviously contagious. And um, so he kept, he kept the littles home. And I get home, we get everybody bathed, everybody in bed. And we were in a hut, very nice hut, but a hut. And, um, and they were on the bed across from us. We were on the bed and I, I woke up with a weight. And I thought, oh, what, somebody's sick. You know, you travel, that's all the first thing you know, somebody's sick. Get on the bed with mommy and papa, don't throw up. You know, I open my eyes and it's snakes and black mambas. And I, I close my eyes again, I said, bad dream, bad dream, bad dream. Yep, they're still there, <sighs> they're still there, it's happening for real. And I, I start reeling. Um, there's no real way to say petrifying fear in any other way. It is 
heart gripping, you can't move, it's hard to breathe. Fear like that is completely, it's incapacitating. You cannot move, it's like paralysis. It's in, they were so, it was so many that they, the weight of them was heavier than, I thought it was a person, I thought it was a child. They're, and they started to be very, very aggressive. I started to uncontrollably shake, of course, and I wish that I could say I was super missionary girl, and I was like, yeah, and get away from me. No, I was freaking out. I was shaking, trembling beyond belief. It was so scary, heartbreaking. My, my children love the Discovery Channel, love, love, love. We watch it like just every time we do anything, put on animals. These are black mamas I knew at first sight, open their mouth, it's black ink in their mouth, um, and they're extremely aggressive. Now we're on the top of a hill, on top of a, a mountain in Swaziland. Even if I spoke Swazi, I couldn't get down that mountain fast enough. In 29 minutes, if they bite me, 29 minutes to get the anti-venom or you're gone, that's it. You're end of you, somebody's wearing my cowboy boots for the rest of my life, that's it. So I'm thinking, I don't have enough time. That's it, that's all, you know, Lord, take me now, you know, make it not hurt. I'm, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking this. And then for a second, the Holy Spirit brings about the face of the woman who took my hair. And I saw her face and it wasn't her face. And I said, oh, these are not pack animals. You get one black mamba, sure. They don't travel in groups. They don't have a den. They're not like, you know, uh, you know a wolf pack or a lion's pride. No, no, no. They're individuals. Why are all of you in my room? Why are all of you? And I look across and they're climbing up, they're, they're crawling and, and sliding up my kid's bed. I look on Sean, I said, oh no, no. And then I realized I have power in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, the, the power of God rose up in me and no, you don't have permission. Like I said again, with Peter, Satan had to ask permission. You have to be in your lane. And that's something that we use universally. Stay in your own lane. Don't cross over my life. You need a blinker. You need permission. It has to be something that we all do, right? It's, it's a rule. It's everybody's rule. In the spirit, it's the very same way. The archangel argued with the bones of Moses of Satan, but he was out of his lane. He said, let God be the judge. Why? Because in heaven, Satan was higher than he was. He still knew, although Satan is completely fallen, he still knew there's a certain way I speak. There's a certain thing I do. And when they were punching Paul in the face, he said, and he, he cursed, he rebuked them. And he said, oh, I didn't know it was the high priest. They're dead wrong, all of them, for persecuting Paul. But he said, I didn't know it was the high priest. I shouldn't have said anything because you were hired. He knew it to be in his lane. This woman knew she, she was out of her lane. And in that moment, I knew she didn't ask. She didn't have the authority to be in my room. She didn't have the authority to attack my family, to try to assassinate us. And so in the name of Jesus, I spoke against her. They disappeared from the bed. Now, they were still all over the room. They were there. And I began to speak and reverse the curses she was speaking on us. Reverse the curses in the name of Jesus. I was reversing the curse. I was reversing the call and the death that she spoke on my life, on my children's life, on my husband's life. I was, re I was reversing the authority that she felt like she could have in that room. You know, I, how do I say this well? Um, Genesis 3.14. The, the snake was cursed. All snakes are not the devil. I've owned a snake, I don't mind snakes. Actually, I really appreciate reptiles. Our, our family, we just love anything that crawls. I love a snake. But God said- Not me, I don't like them. <laughs> I love a snake, not a black mamba, but I love a snake. And God said, he cursed the snake. You will crawl on the earth and eat the dust. We say ashes to ashes, dust. We're flaking it off every second. The old man, the flesh, we're flaking it off. She saw a weakness. She didn't ask from heaven. The, the demonic force in her didn't ask from heaven. She saw a weakness in my fence, whatever it was. Fear and doubt, dust. Dust, that's all that it is. It's the flesh. Whatever she saw in me, whatever she took from my hair and conjured in the spirit in me, manifests itself in the physical, and she was trying to kill me. But God is a God of, yes, spiritual and physical. And I have the power in the name of Jesus to rebuke what she said in the spirit and to make it disappear in the physical. And in that, that's where God, he works. He loves that. When you know enough about him to speak on it. When you know enough, that's why it's so important to read. That's why it's so important to know more about Christ and to press in. Because the more you press into him, the more of him rubs off on you. And you can't, it, you're impenetrable in that way. And so in the name of Jesus, they left. And I continue to pray. And some, which still I haven't gotten revelation on yet, they disappeared from me and then some slithered out of the door. Haven't got revelation on that yet. Why? <laughs> some slithered and they didn't all disappear. 
But I have gotten revelation enough to know that there's power at work in me. Paul said the power that's already at work in you, it's in you. That's what we need to continually tap into, tap onto, because it's in you. He's in you. He lives in you. He walks in you. Mm-hmm. He, he, wants to, he wants you to use your hands and your feet because we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and he's doing all the, the, the movement, right? Like a puppet master. He's doing all the movement. When you surrender, you can be much like that and let him move you and let your hands do the doing, and he's working his way straight through you all the way. And in that, there's so much power, and you are completely invisible to the enemy. In that way, you are completely impenetrable to the enemy. And, um, and I had a moment where something about me, she sniffed out the sin, sniffed out the dust, and the snakes came to eat it. But just like this, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, blood of Jesus, that it doesn't have to remain that way. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you know, we sang about it this morning. In the name of Jesus, I love declaring that. And uh, talked about it this morning, Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so we have, uh, we can call on Jesus and, and uh, take authority over these things through the power of Jesus. Can, can I say something real sure. quick? Sure. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, that statement is so powerful. And, and we are sitting back and we're like, thank, I mean, we should. Praise God for that name. We have that name. But imagine a country. Imagine a region of millions and even billions of people that, don't, that does not have this name Jesus. More or less the spirit of God there because there is no salvation. I mean, there's missionaries all over the world in every country. But I mean, one missionary to you know, 10,000 people or millions. And so just, just imagine and picture that. And how much work. There's one third of the world's population that doesn't know Christ or have the name to call on. Imagine what that lifestyle is like in a, in a place where there is no Christ. Hmm. Uh, I can't so imagine. Just, just pray over that. Well, thanks, guys. I, I would like for, uh, for you, uh, everyone here, to stretch out your hands. So let's pray for this, this family. And uh, let's continue to, to pray for them on a regular basis. Father, we, we lift up Marty and Mary and, and their family, God, and We just pray your blessings over them. Father, we pray your provision over them, uh, your protection. Father, I thank you for this this couple that has said, yes, we will go. And they're not just talking it, they're living it. And so, Father, we lift them up to you and we pray that you would continue to, to bless them and watch over them, keep them safe, protect them, provide their every need. And we ask all these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, you may be here this morning, and, and you may not have a relationship with the Lord. And if you don't, we always want give, to give you the opportunity to uh, to receive the Lord. So let, if everyone would just bow their heads and close their eyes. And if God is speaking to you this morning, would you slip up your hand? I, I just want to pray with you. Listen, there's, there's no shame in that, but I'd hate for you to walk out of this building and, and, and miss out on what God has for you this morning. Anybody here? All right. Um, the next thing I want to do, praising you, go ahead and come on up. The next thing I want to do is um, just talk to you a little bit about supporting this ministry. We, uh, we teach that tithing is what we should do, part of what we should obey, what Christ has, has asked us to do, commanded us to do, and, uh, you know, that we don't pass a plate here. We teach on tithing, and we believe that the first 10% of our increase at least belongs to the Lord, and, and we give that to Him. But on occasion, when we have special guests, I think that's the only time we've ever asked for, a, for an offering above and beyond your tithe. I'm, I'm asking you, and if you're visiting with us today, I'm, I'm not talking to you, but if, if this is your church home, I'm asking you to pray and say, God, what, what would you have us give? Above and beyond our tithe is an offering. And uh, I, I, I've wrestled with whether I should say this or not, but I'm gonna say it. And, and uh, please hear my heart. Uh, this is not to be braggadocious or, or brag, but uh, whenever we have a guest come, I ask the Lord, 
And I say, God, what, what do you want Life Fellowship to give in support of this ministry? And then I ask him, I, I ask him, Lord, what do, you want, what do you want Christine and I to give? And almost without exception, I have a number in my mind and it's usually about twice that, that amount. But I will tell you that we serve a giving God and uh, we want to reflect his heart. And I'll tell you this again, I'm not trying to brag, uh, but, but if I were to guess your salaries uh, between what Christine and I make, I, I bet most of you make more than what we make. And, uh, but you know what, we give, and I would say that we probably, most of the time we give a larger amount than anybody else, and probably percentage-wise, even if somebody gives more, we're probably giving more percentage-wise. And please hear my heart, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to brag about that. I'm just simply saying that when we pray and we seek the Lord, we need to not look at our circumstances. We need to not be thinking about our checkbook or how much is in there. We need to obey. And so what I'm asking you to do this morning, which we always do when we have a guest, I'm just simply saying, will you pray and then obey? And if the Lord tells you not to give anything, then don't give anything. I've never had the Lord tell me that, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but we want to bless this family. And the Lord has already spoken to me, I believe, what we're to give. And uh, I want you to be a part of that. Uh, because if nobody but Christine and I gave, this church would give what the Lord has directed us to give. But I want you to be a part of that. Because as they go to, the, to these places and they share the gospel of Christ, and people get saved. You know what? We're part of that. We get to say, hey, listen, I helped. I was part of that. And you never know, but what one day when we get to heaven, someone comes up to you and says, you know what? You supported that family that came to my, my village, and through your support, I got saved. We have a great opportunity. And this morning, you have an opportunity to sow into this ministry. And uh, so I'm just asking you simply to pray, obey. I'm so thankful for you guys. You are such a gracious, generous, giving group of people. And uh, God is opening up doors. And as, as uh, Mary was praying, as, as she began to take the authority and step out in faith, as we're doing, as God is leading us to the nations, we're going to see amazing things that, that the Lord is going to do. So let's, let's begin today. Let's just press into that, stepping out in faith and, and just obeying. And the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And let's just take some time this morning and say, God, is there something else you want to say, say to me today? And then also pray about what the Lord wants us to do. for the gift of life. We thank you for pouring into our lives. We thank you for healing us, saving us, setting us free, God. And we thank you for the opportunities that we have now to go to the, the people that are lost in these communities and across the globe. We thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst. And we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. You may be seated. I have one other thing that I want to share. Uh, it's kind of a sad day in, in some regards. Uh, this is Tavarius's last Sunday here. And uh, this has been a really, really... I brought some Kleenexes that are in my pocket because I thought I was going to need them. I probably will. But uh, it's been a really tough decision. And, and he it's not because he's done something wrong or there's a problem. Um, as I prayed and as I uh, visited with Tavarius, I, I realized that his heart is really for a, a different area of ministry, for ministering and leading worship for the college and career and young professionals. And uh, we, have a, we have a phrase here at Life Fellowship. It's people first, ministry second. People first and ministry second. And we've actually had to implement things where in, in honoring people first, there have been aspects of ministry that have 
gone without or, or suffered because of that people first, ministry second. And uh, I, I didn't I didn't really feel like it would be fair to hold Tavares back. And uh, again, it's not because you've done anything wrong. You've done a great job of leading us. A great job of leading us in worship, engaging. And I love your heart. I love your heart. And I'm so appreciative of you. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And uh, I know God has great things in store for you. And I know you'll be back from time to time to lead us into the throne room. Uh, but we're expecting great things. And, and I appreciate your just your willingness to, to trust God in all things. And uh, we love you very much. We, we've got some, we have some cake back in the warehouse, I think, because it may be raining or whatever, but i like for you to stay if you can and, and just uh, pour out your love uh, on, on Tavarius and, and the team too. David, Ariana's gonna be staying here with us. And, uh, uh, but David and Jonathan and uh, Ronnie, uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate your, your service here. Hey, I just wanted to, um, before I go to my car and cry, like a big baby, um, I wanted to really just make this brief, but I wanted to say thank you um, for allowing me this opportunity to lead you all, uh, us, this opportunity to lead you all in worship for this, uh, this very brief time. Um, first and foremost, I, I want to, I'm a Christine, can you come up here? Come on. I, I, um, <clears throat> I want to emphasize to you guys that you are in great hands, okay? Amen. Without a doubt. Can we get, just give it up for our pastors? I learned to give honor where honor is due, and I want to let you know that I honor you. I honor you for your leadership and everything that you've done. I really do, Mama. You, you <laughs> bless me immensely. I really do honor you both, and I thank you guys for, for this opportunity to, um, to be here. And uh, just so you know, they're stuck with me now. This is not the last time you'll see me. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you from, on, on behalf of David, Jonathan, and, and Adrian, who couldn't be with us today, and, and Ronnie. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to worship with you. And um, we sing Jesus as, at the center. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs, and it doesn't matter who is on this platform. Jesus will be the center of everything. Amen. Everything in Jesus' name. He's the only thing that matters. He's the only reason why we come and, and gather here on Sunday or whether it be Wednesday or whatever day it is. He's the only reason that we gather and worship him. He's, the, he, he's it. And so I pray that you are mindful of that. doesn't matter who's on this platform. Jesus is it. He is the one and true and only king. And so I love you, and I, again, I thank you for this opportunity. And um, as you pray for me, I'll pray for you all as well. I, I love you guys, dearly. I've had an amazing time here. All right, I'm going to cry. <clears throat> love you guys. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's just uh, bless Tavarius and the team. Um, let's, if you'll just stretch out your hands. Father, we thank you for Tavarius. We thank you for the gifting and the calling and the anointing that is on his life and the, also the lives of these other musicians that are here that have been serving. And Father, we speak abundant blessings over them, favor, encouragement, strength, greater anointing. Let the fire of your Holy Spirit continue to blaze a trail for them. God, as you pour through them and as you, as you blaze trails through their lives, God. Father, we thank you for this season where they've been here, and I thank you for their hearts to serve that have been exemplary. And Father, I just pray your abundant blessings over them in all things. In Jesus' name, we pray and we pray with expectation. And we thank you for the great and mighty things that we're going to see you do through their lives. That the many lives will be touched and changed, God. And we'll know that we're somewhat a part of it as he, as this group and Tavarius is somewhat a part of what you're doing here and will continue to do as there have been foundations laid. There have been things imparted here to build us up and build the kingdom of God. 
And so, Father, we work together as a body of Christ, and we're excited to see what you're going to do through this young man and these other musicians as they yield to you and, and follow your lead. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Well, uh, you guys, please go back and, and have some cake and, and give Tavares a hug and the, and the guys and let them know how much you appreciate them. And with that, you are dismissed. So go out and make a difference in your world. You're a world changer. Go out and live it. <laughs>